As we know, we are living in challenging times. And there are freedoms that have been taken from us in our life that we've never experienced before. In my 53 years of living, I have lived a life free to do whatever I wanted to do. And worshiping God in the way that we have done so all of my life. And freedoms have not been taken from me. In fact, persecution really has avoided me. And persecution really from the standpoint of what the Bible declares as people that really suffered for their faith, really, in my life, the greatest thing that ever happened to me or the worst thing that ever happened to me is perhaps somebody made fun of me because of what I believed. But there are challenging times around us. I get that. I know that. And I know also that it may be that in the future it may get worse. In our country, in our world, we may be looking to war someday. I don't know. There may be some difficult things that lie ahead. So in this very short little sermon this morning, I want to talk about one aspect or one idea. And that is this. In the midst of trials, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of whatever comes our way, please understand, God is still in control. Focus on that. Focus on that and not all the individual things that are standing in our way. Focus on the fact that God is still in control. What about the governments that are around us? Very familiar passage of scripture in Romans chapter 13 verse 1. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. In other words, God is still ultimately in control. And the governmental structure that is around us is ordained of God. In verse 1, there's no authority except from God. And notice where it says, and the authorities, plural, are appointed by God. You know, there are three institutions that God gave for the benefit of man. Number one goes all the way back in the garden when God ordained or God instituted marriage. Marriage was the first institution given to man for the benefit of man personally by God. Secondly, we find also there's the church, and that is for the benefit spiritually of man. And number three is government, and that's for the public well-being of man. So marriage, personal well-being. Church, spiritual well-being. Government, public well-being. And God has ordained them all to carry out his purpose and for the benefit of man. In Psalm 62 and verse 11. The Bible says, God has spoken once, twice I have heard this, that power belongs to God. I think we give too much power to people and forget that God is ultimately in control. The psalmist David recorded in Psalm 62 and 11, power belongs to God. God has also determined the times of nations. You know, I've heard that all of my life, but wrap your head around that for just a minute. God has determined the length of nations. He determines the beginning and the ending of that. In fact, in Acts chapter 17 and verse 26, you're going to notice two passages here. Acts chapter 17 and verse 26. He has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth. 
and has determined their pre-appointed times and boundaries of their dwellings. Now, who did that? The one that did that was God himself. Another passage, Daniel chapter 4 and verse 17. Listen to this. The decision is by the decree of watchers and the sentence by the word of the holy ones in order that the living may know, get this, that the most high rules in the kingdom of men. And get this. And gives to it whomever he will and sets over it the lowest of men. If you don't think God is involved in the governmental structure or those in authority over us, please consider that passage. It says the most high. Now, who is the most high? The most high is God. The most high reigns and rules and dwells in the kingdoms of men. He gives it to whomever he will, and he sets the lowest of men over it. That's what God does. Governments and the men that will power in it are chosen by God. In fact, government was an institution that's ordained by God as well. It was God appointed. Now, may I just add this, though? And I got to tell you, I'm a positive person by nature. And I love the country that we live in. I do. And uh, I, I appreciate those that have died for our freedom, those that have fought and died in our country for our freedoms, and we enjoy those freedoms. And I'm, I'm appreciative of that. And uh, I, I do enjoy being an American. But all of that being said, I got to tell you, contrary to what some people think, God is not American. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So God does not love Americans more than he loves Filipinos or Africans. In the mind of God, we are all the same. There's no difference between all of us. And I guess I would say, and I hope it's not disrespectful to God, but in that, God is colorblind. It doesn't matter. All that matters is the souls of men. And God wants everyone to turn to him. So, all that being said, the Bible does not uphold a specific theory of government or a various type of government. In fact, you cannot find a democratic, social, civil structure in the Bible. Can't find it. So, however the rulers come to power, whether it's by dynastic descent inherited, whether it's by aristocratic family connection, or even a democratic election... All of it is ordained of God. But I have to make this point, because maybe you're thinking this. What about the evil rulers? What about the evil rulers in days gone by in history? What about immoral leaders? What about them? Is God over them too? What about the unjust? Well, first of all, cruel abuses in government are no reflection on God's nature. They don't taint his purity. You know, I'll just make this little illustration about marriage. In the very beginning, when God brought the woman to the man after she, he created the woman because it was not good for him to be alone, he said, she's now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. And then the institution of marriage, he said, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined unto his wife, and the two of them will be one flesh. We get that. 
That is the marriage relationship and union that God has established. And yet people have abused the marriage relationship going all the way back through history and time. But if somebody abuses the marriage relationship, it doesn't mean it's an indictment on God. And marriage is still what God has said that it always should be. Sometimes churches, congregations of the body of Christ, digress and go the way of the world. That's not a reflection on God. And when a ruler decides to go and be wicked, it's not a reflection on God either. It's not a reflection on God's purity. Okay. One writer noted this, though. Listen to this. Wicked rulers are part of God's plan to punish wicked nations and to allow evil to run the course toward destruction. But you know what? In the beginning... In the beginning, God ordained government to protect and preserve man for the protection of life and property. It was for two reasons. One, for the repression of evil and crime. And two, for the rewarding of virtue and good. That's the reason for the structure of government. Now, maybe you're sitting there and you're saying this. Yeah, but Frank, I don't like what's going on in our country. I just don't like it. You know, God doesn't like it either. When things happen that are ungodly, you think God likes that? You might say, well, I just don't like what's happening in our country. You know what? God doesn't either. But isn't it entirely possible, though, as one man wrote it this way, just maybe God will choose a form of government that suits his purpose for a country that has turned their back on him. God did it in the Old Testament. How many times do we read about those things that happen? I don't have time to go into it. And when we go back to normal length of services, I'm going to preach on Habakkuk. But in that specific sense, God raised up horrible people called the Chaldeans to do some damage and to... Uh, inflict punishment. God did that. So just maybe if things are getting more difficult in our life, just maybe it's because we are a nation that has turned their back on him. But may I say this, from a spiritual perspective, please get this, from a spiritual perspective, no matter what happens, God's people will be just fine. Even if we suffer. Even if we're persecuted. Even if we have terrible things happen around us. Even if terrible things happen to us in life. From a spiritual perspective, God is still in control. And God's people will be just fine. So what should be our mindset moving forward? And really, this is a lesson of encouragement. Remember, God's still in control. What should be our mindset? We got all these rulers that have to make decisions that affect all of us. What should we do? And I'll tell you, it's really easy to badmouth a ruler. It's easy to badmouth the governor. It's easy to badmouth the president. Let's notice what the Word of God says very briefly in Exodus 22 and 28. You shall not revile God, nor curse a ruler of your people. What did Paul say? Paul told Timothy, pray for those in authority. Pray for them. Pray that they'll have wisdom. 
You know, I'm going to tell you, in our lifetime, we've heard people pray prayer after prayer after prayer in the assembly that God would never allow a law that would be enacted that would take away our freedom of worship. We've always said that. Do those, are those words that we mean or do we just say them and are they just words? Pray for those that are over us. Pray for them. They're ordained of God. And I don't care if it's the president, the governor, or the police. Verse 2 of our text, and I'm just about finished. Verse 2 says this. So number one, why would we submit to them? Well, because they're ordained of God. Number two, verse 2. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God. You know that word resist there is a very interesting word. You know what it means? It means to literally stand opposed. If we resist the authoritative structure that is over us, we are literally lining ourselves up against God. That's why. Now, if the laws of the land said, no, you can't worship God, what do we do? We worship God anyway. If the law says we cannot be a Christian, what are we going to do? We're going to be a Christian anyway. If the law stipulated those things, we would serve God rather than man. But until that happens, we have to submit to those ordinances that are around us. So let's remember, please, in these challenging times that God is still in control. From a spiritual perspective, it, will, it doesn't matter. God's people will be just fine. I'm going to read you a couple of verses and I'm finished. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. One of the most misunderstood verses in the Bible. People think that, that means, you know what? This terrible thing that's happening to me is going to work for good. It's going to work out. I got news for you. Sometimes it doesn't work out, and that's not what Paul meant. Paul was not saying every little thing that's terrible in your life is going to work out if you love God. It's not what he meant. What he's talking about is the structure of all that God has promised. All of that, God's plan, all of that will work together for good, even if you suffer in life, and even if it doesn't work out. Beginning in verse 35. Here's what's going to work together for good. In conclusion, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers nor things present nor things to come, nor height nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That will work together for good. So let's focus on who's really in control, who's got the power. God is ultimately in control regardless of what's happening in the circumstances of our life. Put our faith and trust in him. And let's pray for those rulers that are over us. They've got some real decisions to make very, very soon. And also pray to God that he'll give us the strength and the courage to be the Christians we should be regardless of the circumstances in life. We thank you for listening to our podcast put on by the Church of Christ 
at 2215 Plans Road in Bakersfield. If you would like any additional information or you would like to receive a free Bible correspondence course by mail, please email us at info at churchofchristbakersfield.com. Our service times are Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Please make plans to join us. We would love for you to be our honored guest.